Welcome to the Intercut Podcast live from the Sundance Film Festival, the yearly show where we talk about the best movies we saw in Park City. Sundance, we envied the clothes in Bravo Burkina, admired the moves in Cassandra and Joyland, and then cried over relationships we never had in past lives. Also premiering were the best performances from Tiana Taylor in Harlem, Alden still rolling solo, a grandpa doing GTA, and Jonathan going major. As always, I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, working on his deltoids, it's Arturo Zurita. You never know when you're going to end up in the mountain resort, and you're going to have to climb yourself back <laughs> I like up. that little, like, air uh, drum roll. I was, you, yeah, you, I'm, I'm, you saw it. I'm making sure to not hit the table. <laughs> I had a little air one right there, but that's no, been an exciting year. Yeah, an exciting year, and we have to uh, always bring on Amanda. Woo! Jedi for our Sundance recaps. Welcome back. Thanks welcome for back to Park City. I mean, we've already done this one, we so did. I don't need to welcome you, but how's it feel? How, how's it now that we're getting to the end of our Sundance adventure? Last day of the festival. It's good. It's always been a good time. This one's been a little bit of a weird layout because like the press stuff capped out like halfway through the fest, but it yeah. kind of opened up a lot of opportunities to watch some screeners together as a group, get some work done. Mm-hmm, which has it been fantastic. A, it's been really nice. It's we been didn't so get nice. to do the hybrid last year. No. This is a true hybrid. Yeah. And I wish it was, I wish we were here to stay. I yeah. think a lot of the intercuties have seen a lot of the stuff at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were seeing people log the stuff and we were like, How, where are y'all here? When did you see this at the Eccles? Because we, we found out that if you paid for screenings, you got the Q&As that we didn't. So, yeah, so you, there are some people who are talking about seeing this Q&A. Better experiences at home than we did, so yeah, uh, it was awesome. We asked the inner cuties on our YouTube uh, in a poll whether or not they would be catching Sundance films, and 4% did say they'll be here in Utah watching movies, so there, there's some of y'all who have been in the at the festival attending stuff. There's another 22% who said they'll be watching online. So a lot of you hopefully have caught some of the best stuff from the festival. We're going to be talking about a lot of our favorites here in our recap of the dramatic films mm-hmm. of Sundance. We decided to divide, divide the gigantic program into three separate videos. 101 movies. I think 106 by the end of it with the additions. Yeah. It's a lot, and we got through a decent chunk of it. We did. Um, what was your two? I think. <laughs> well, what, what was your final count, Amanda? Do you know? Of this cat? Oh my! Yeah. Of, the, of everything? Of everything in total. I think I finally. Hang on, I'm like. Got to open up the letterbox. I got to open up the letterbox list. There you go. One. I know that I got. Okay, two. I'm at like forty three. Nice. Which is good. Which is it's less than I've had in years past, mm-hmm. but. I saw a lot less bad things this year, mm-hmm. so I was... Quality has been pretty consistent at this yeah. year's Sundance. Yeah. Uh, I'm up to 58. We got nice. a couple more links, so maybe I can get to 60. Yeah, we still have some Yeah, uh, hopefully there's some that will still be available. <laughs> be full, shorts. Yeah, yeah, I had the full midnight category. Like, I just need to run rabbit run. I go to click the link, it's gone. No. Yep. The only one you're missing the to shut out a category? Oh. And it's not even... Well, we'll save the review. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, we no, should get into some of those reviews because uh, we. Oh, actually, didn't ask Art because he he always has the, the yeah, bit high knows. number out of all of us. I don't even know. We'll we'll find out together. <laughs> <laughs> Let let's figure this out as a group collective. 
uh, we have ranked our favorite drama films. And sometimes it's hard to figure out exactly which category everything will go in. So if you're not seeing a movie in the rundown that we've included in the uh, timeline, time codes down below, it's probably because this the movie we decided is more of a genre film or yeah. it's one of the documentary films. That's how we're dividing uh, our coverage. Mm. Or the PR team ignored us. <laughs> <laughs> this is the more like serious-minded the, mm-hmm. the the more emotional, the more maybe potential Oscar split player yes. uh, category of what we're, we've seen at Sundance. And we're mixing up some U.S. drama, some world films, some movie premieres, films that are already uh, already in the hands of studios like A24 or yeah. Focus Features and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and will probably be accessible relatively soon. So we're, uh, we're excited to talk about a lot of these. Maybe a little less excited to talk about some of those, but we'll save <laughs> those to the end. Should we kick things off with past lives? Let's go right off the top. Yeah, past lives, which is probably the biggest hit out of the festival in terms of people responding to it emotionally, people saying that this is going to be one of their favorite films from the festival. Uh, It is the debut from director Celine Song. It tells the story of Nora and his son, two deeply connected childhood friends who are separated when Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. And what happens when they reunite nearly 20 years later? Amanda, Arturo, you both got into the world premiere of this oh, one. Sir. I, I saw my waitlist number and decided and you could have got in. You could have got in. I made a mistake because okay. this seems to be the one that everybody really responded to emotionally. Amanda, what did you respond to in past lives? It's just, it's one of those things like the core story just feels like something that's been done so many times before, but it's executed in a way that you've probably never seen. And it's an incredibly personal story. You're watching it and you're like, this was your life. Like, you lived through this, but it's not in a way that feels bad. Because so often people get caught into weird things where that actually makes the movie worse when they're trying to make it so they're trying to build themselves up, up, up. But this was just a a very honest movie, a very unique take on it, uh, really driven by, like, the three central characters. Not just the two, but, like, there's a third character that packs a gut punch in every moment. I thought it was just, it was gorgeous. It was just stunning. It's, it, there's so much can be said between some of these characters just with looks. Yeah. They don't even have to be saying words. Mm-hmm. Those are people who have so relationships. Much. Yeah. Although when they do say words, sometimes those words hit really yes, hard. Yes, that, that there's too. A, there's a couple lines in there that I just, I think are going to haunt me forever. Yes. In, in just the emotional resonance of some of them. It's a movie that feels super lived in. Uh, even just... Some of the period details, too, because this is a film that sort of takes place across three different periods of time. And yeah. I, I'm just transported back by, like, that er, those early Skype calls and the mm-hmm. blue iTunes right? logo and little details so like that. That was a good thing that we had this year was a lot of uh, internet calls or mm-hmm. FaceTime calls being done in very yeah. creative ways. This doesn't do anything too fancy like some other no. movies. Yet it's a huge chunk of the film when it comes yeah. to two characters yeah. reuniting. Uh, that's how you know it's a really good script. That's yeah. how you know when it's really good performances. And that's how you know that this man right here... Who was stealing milk from a cow not too long ago? Stole my heart in this movie, yeah. dude. John Magara was fantastic in this film. Like Amanda was saying, yeah. they're playing versions of themselves. Yeah. Well, as soon as this comes out, just hearing them describe their characters, they're really just describing a version of themselves. Yeah. I think showcases why the movie's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's a standout in every which way, Zach. Uh, I don't know what your rating ended up being, or all of us collectively. 4.5. I think all of us I, did, right? Yeah, I'm logging it right there. And I kept contempl- contemplating, is it a five? Five. I feel like I need a second watch Yeah. to know. So it's one of those where it's a four and a half, I think, from all of us. Yeah. Leading towards a five. Yeah. It is, hands down, I think, the best of the fest. Uh, yeah. And it's not even 
close. It's not close. I mean, at least in terms of the narratives, I think it's the the far and away standout of the dramatic films. Absolutely. Uh, It's, you know, it feels very early to talk about this considering that we still have this year's Oscars to get through, but it's probably going to be a big player at next year's Oscars. It's such a, such a well-articulated script and such a beautifully uh, directed story. I'd also love to see not just John McGarrow, but uh, Greta Lee and Tao Yu, who are both so, so good. Greta particularly just breaks my heart in this Mm -hmm. film. Uh, you know, it, I just think it's going to be one of the standout films of this year. And I'm excited for more people to catch it. Yeah, Cinematography. Oh, yeah. my God. Not on film. It makes New York already looks great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, did it make New York look awesome. So, yeah, there's a lot to root for in this one. Yeah. So, Past Lives, uh, I think, pretty easily the front runner from all of us in terms of what we enjoyed the most. For yeah. sure. Uh, let's move on to another one that was highly discussed and might even find itself in the Oscars discussion as well uh, by this time next year, Magazine Dreams, the film directed by Elijah Bynum, which follows a black amateur bodybuilder uh, who's played by a jacked Jonathan Majors as he struggles to find human connection and become the man he dreams of being. This is a really interesting film that has a lot of shades of other really popular films in it. Yes. I think we all came out with different film comparisons from, from Whiplash to Taxi Driver to Eminem's Stand. There was a, a question at the Q&A about how it was similar to the Shawshank Redemption and he wasn't <laughs> wrong. It wasn't one of those bad yeah. audience yeah. questions. He was on to some. Yeah. Art, uh, you caught this later than us and I think you really responded to it. What, was waited, your, what were your thoughts? I waited to see it at the best theater that they have at Sundance, which is The Ray. And it was fantastic. It was a packed house. They weren't there, so I didn't get to see either of them, but he killed it. I think it's probably my favorite performance of the festival, it's and it's a story that has uh, as many warnings as you had. I don't know what they said for y'all, but when the guy came up to introduce it, he goes, I apologize for the film already, but I think no that some warnings. uncomfortable watches are necessary for people, and this is an uncomfortable watch. The director of this, surprisingly, had done a, a, a movie called Hot Summer Nights. Oh, yeah. Oh, with the Timothy. Timmy. Yeah, Timmy that boy. was also at Sundance, also A24. Yeah. Um, yeah, this takes a completely oh, different yeah. turn. Like, it's it's in the same realm of, like, characters getting into sticky scenarios, but uh, what he's able to do with this one, I thought, was, was just fantastic. Uh, to me, this is Jonathan's... Uh, I was playing on it. Tom Hardy. He had this movie. Oh, Bronson. 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 This is yeah. his Bronson, dude. Yeah. Uh, I think he goes all out, and, uh, yeah. It was interesting coming out of the screening, hearing people still call him a really good actor. That guy, the main character, he was really good. Because <laughs> it's January... Come February, he's probably gonna kill an Avenger. <laughs> yeah. He's probably gonna kill Creed. Yeah. So uh, after all said, all, all that, all of that is said and done, I think he's gonna kill the award season because Magazine Dreams, I, I think, goes a lot in it. It is yeah. a shame you didn't get to see him at the Sundance premiere because you did miss him in his like denim cowboy outfit. I got to see him in Chicago, but damn, was he really cool on the red carpet? <laughs> There's also that video I highly recommend uh, searching it up where the the red carpet lines were a little crazy this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. your back, but the way that he handled it, he was just. Yeah, mm-hmm. taking questions and not wasting time. Yeah, and a lot of people are right, ragging on the Sundance volunteer there, and like the Sundance volunteer is being like told in his ear a thing. We, as people who are actually at the world premiere, that movie started an hour late. It was very hectic. That was also notably the screening where the closed captioning devices yeah. didn't work. I, I want to give a little bit of like grace Magazine, to the yeah. to the chaos of it all, and that like people are just trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like from knowing that experience of being on the red carpet line and having a celebrity pulled away from you just as you're asking you a question, that sucks. Yeah. I'm glad that Jonathan Major stood up for uh, for a journalist getting oh, their question in. 
Uh, as for the movie itself, the, it, he's really incredible in it, and mm. I thought the first half was like, uh, like a like a yes. re- like a really powerful uh, engine of a movie. You know, mm. it really goes, really is uh, compelling, and there's so many ideas being thrown out at you. And then I think he spends the latter half of the movie sort of figuring out how to end it. And he sort of tries on a, several different endings to see if they feel good yeah. and, and tries a different one. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, I hate to, like, bring up the editing critique, but I wonder if it could have been a little, like, they could have picked their lane yeah. a little more. Yeah, and we already know that they did edit down. Apparently mm-hmm. there were some scenes that we heard that were cut. Yeah, yeah Taylor Page, uh, yeah, there's a, a scene that she didn't get. And I'm assuming it would have been a really good one. Line. And I don't know, I almost think that probably by the sounds of it would have been a scene that even if it had been made it a longer movie, would have actually assisted in the cohesive nature of the ending mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, I think I'm like you. I think we both agreed we just wanted it to commit at the end. We wanted it to actually commit, and then it doesn't commit, and it feels weird. After sleeping on it. You change your mind? I, I have a different take on it. And I think that what Zach is saying about the sort of splinter is almost like a shotgun. It's like a bullet. True. It, be, okay. it comes in straight, but then all these different splinters of an ending is what happens. You get all of these almost different outcomes of what it could be. He does tease you, thinking yeah. that it's going to go one way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on purpose. I think the whole movie is trying to evoke different emotions of different visuals that you see of him going up on screen. Yeah. So day by day, I, I, I agree with you guys, and then I've just grown to like it more and more and more. I just want to rewatch it. So it I gotta is, see it again. It is one of those movies that really just wriggles way under your skin mm-hmm. and, and will yeah. leave you thinking about elements of it. Yeah. And not a happy movie. <laughs> no, not no. a happy movie. And then like, even though um, there are these things that are May, maybe feel like loose ends. There's it's also because there's so much information stuck stuffed in there yeah. that you can chew it over. Um, and, and also we were we were talking about like there's a pretty literal taxi driver homage. Yeah. And if you know about the ending yes. of Taxi Driver, there's a lot of ways to take that ending and then yeah. interpolate mm-hmm. it on top of this movie. Yep. There's a lot to take away from yeah, this movie. And if you want to dive into That's it, I think you'll movie. really like it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. Shout out the director. Shout out Jonathan Majors. He's also EP on it, which I think is a really cool thing mm-hmm. for him. Uh, moving up with the mm-hmm. uh, Harriet Samson Harris was really good yeah. in the tiny yeah. role yeah, in this yeah. movie. Haley Bennett. Yeah. I, I'm always happy um, to see in different she things. She's so, so good in this. Like, the <laughs> discomfort on her face settling in. I'm like, oh. <laughs> this is also going to be the first of our many, like, strange jury awards. Because this one won the U.S. Dramatic Special Jury Award. For creative vision. They were creative with it. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. I stand by it. It's a really good movie. All right. Let's talk a little bit about a movie that got shortlisted for Best International Feature at the Oscars, although it did not make the final five. And I believe Arturo, if I he had his it. way, I wanted it. Uh, let's talk about Joyland, about a married man from Pakistan who... Uh, who secretly joins an erotic dance theater where he becomes the assistant to a transgender starlet. A really compelling film that had about 50 different film production logos yeah. in front of it. It's one of those that's international movies that's a super, super co-production. Yeah. Uh, does not mean any, does not inf- reflect the quality of the movie in no, any no, way no. because it is a really standout uh, film. Art, what did you respond to in Joyland? Uh, all of it. This is a movie where I think it has one of the best ensembles of the Sundance where everyone's firing on all cylinders. It's this family that's just trying to hang on uh, and as the patriarch tries to like invoke some things into his son and what mm-hmm. he's supposed to do, you don't realize that he's kind of caught in that same cycle. And it's really a story of a lot of people caught in these different cycles that if they would have been allowed to do what they were already doing instead of changing things on them, it would have worked a lot better. But I this is one where we left the theater and everybody had a different uh, favorite performer. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a different person who they thought was the main character. Uh, and to me, uh, out of the ones that were there, my standout was easily one of the characters who played the wife. 
uh, Rasi Farouk, she mm. killed it in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Uh, the whole cast is really good, but like, nah, she, she was fantastic. <laughs> it is one of those movies that even though you kind of enter it through the eyes, I believe, of that married the man, mega, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you end up having these moments with all these different characters and seeing a little bit of depth to so many different people and yeah. uh, that they're not just these kind of like surface level ideas that there's a vulnerability and like maybe a bit of hypocrisy to, to a lot of them. Uh, it, it is a fascinating movie partially because of its cultural context but partially because it's just a really well observed character study. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, we saw this one up at the Egyptian. We did. One of the iconic Sundance theaters. Yes. What do you think about it? I, I loved it. This is one I've unintentionally missed twice at two different festivals <laughs> so I, I, was, I had to catch it here. Yeah. So I'm glad I was at the Egyptian uh, I almost feel like it's very interesting in that by the end, I, you almost feel like that central character feels the least developed in some ways. Yes. And you do feel like the ones around him are the ones that you get more of the spotlight mm-hmm. on. Um, but I think it's really interesting that you could take any of those characters and completely focus the movie in on them, and it would be just as powerful. Agreed. Like, you could have a whole movie about Biba. Like, it'd be yeah. great, you know? No, Biba was dope. <laughs> yeah, Biba was dope. Um, so I think it, it, it's really good. It's very special, and I'm glad that it's been kind of doing the circuit here. And I assume it'll be released soon because it yeah. has been out now since May in terms of the festival stuff. So it should get a big push. I did not yeah. see this producer on it, but uh, Riz Ahmed mm-hmm. got added oh, yeah. to the credits. I saw him at the end. And Zach, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Roger Ebert knew this one guy. Uh, his name's Ramin Barani, and he's also an executive producer on this. So you know it's got to be a good one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. hopefully it gets a good release. I know that it gets shortlisted, but nonetheless, it's an honor just to be. Oh, it got shortlisted, but it's an honor just to be shortlisted. Yeah. Even if it's not nom- a nomination. I mean, that means it's among the Academy's 15 yeah. favorite films. For sure. Yeah. Years. Still a high distinction yeah. in, in its own right. One of the favorites out of the spotlight category. Yeah, and yeah. It, maybe it'll do better in our intercut awards. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's... As long as we're talking about awards and award hey. winners... Go for it. A thousand and one, the winner of the U.S. Grand Jury Prize for U.S. Dramatic, basically the biggest award mm-hmm. that Sundance gives out, the one that has mm-hmm. gone to films like Coda, films like Cha-Cha Real Smooth, films like Whiplash, films yep. like a lot of the iconic films that have come out of Sundance have won that award. Uh, now it's being bestowed upon, the, upon this film from director A.V. Rockwell. It's a drama about Inez, a strong-willed woman recently released from prison who kidnaps her young son, Terry, from foster care to build a life together. Really emotional film, really well acted. Amanda, what did you think about 1001? I thought it was really good. Uh, I, I thought there was like really strong performances. I, I loved there was like a lot of nuance, just how people treat them. Mm-hmm. And um, just, uh, you know, you can see certain things coming before they do, like when they send people in to like help fix the apartment and stuff. Yeah. Like you know where that's going. Then there's like a subtle build up before it. There's a story of gentrification yes, sort of running, running underneath, underneath the story it. of the, the people in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it's just this, this woman who's trying to provide the best life she can for the son to provide him with a better life than she would have had Um, and it just packs a lot of different emotional wallops and and there's that that growing pains of like the kid not necessarily wanting to do what would on paper be the best choice for him and then her not knowing how to deal with it and kind of lashing out at times but it's because she cares and loves him Mm -hmm. there's so much depth to to all the the performances there so I I really I really enjoyed it alright what did you think about Tiana Taylor killed it dude Uh, you know she's a musician. She's been in music videos. She's done a. She's done some roles in the past, but I think incredible dancer. Yeah, here to be able to lead a movie and it be such a standout, mm-hmm. I think, is a fantastic turn for her. For her, uh, we were talking about the score for this movie Ooh. also being freaking insane. Yes. Yeah, I think the there's so many elements of the production that could be easily Costumes. ignored. 
that are, are on point, that they are, bring mm-hmm. you into the world, but we all yeah. really responded to Gary Gunn's score. Yes. Fantastic. It is excellent. So it gets you bobbing your head, but yeah. it fits the moment. They, you know, there's, he'll suddenly bring in like a little bit of like hi hat on top of it. And it's like, Oh, now it's a little more smooth. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a movie that's working in all cylinders. Circling back to the Tiana Taylor performance, I think it's the kind of performance that feels so naturalistic. That'd be easy to think like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's just, she's just kind of doing her. And it's not. There's there's so much more to it. There's so much depth to the emotions. When, when you when it does need to get to that place that feels like the you know like the big monologue yeah. moment, she mm-hmm. really kills it. If anything, man, she was mopping the other yeah. actor in the, in the scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was that was probably the worst part of that scene. Yeah, no, yeah. she brought everything to it. Uh, you said the score, the costumes, the cinematography by Eric Yu as well. Uh, another one that makes New York look fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's got all the little details down because it's taking place through the 90s and the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the Newports popping yeah. up. We need a Riseboro campaign for her yeah. for next year. <laughs> Calling in now. But yeah, one of the best ones, uh, rightfully. Yeah. yeah, super good. Deserves the, the, the win. Yeah, I mean, I think there had... There, we'll talk about the rest of the U.S. dramatic section, but... I think the films that stood out to us were a little bit more of the comedic side yeah. uh, rather than the dramatic side. Yeah. And this yeah. is the one drama in that category that I think really hit yeah, really hit it sure. really was Made great our overall top five so that's dope absolutely uh, not not necessarily a mixed one here mixed <laughs> one everyone's top five like but it. one that was the big sale of Woo, the festival the Netflix's sale. top five of the festival at the very least Woo. Fair Play yes sir yeah. uh, the film directed by Chloe Domontz yeah. about a young, recently engaged couple who work together at a financial company and find it increasingly difficult mm. to keep their relationship a secret from the firm when one of them gets a sudden promotion. Uh, somebody early on in the process called this erotic, an erotic thriller. Yes. And then Very everybody jam. else spent the next to... week saying, this is an erotic thriller. Yeah, yeah, and I think before the festival even hit, people were like, it looks like it's going to be like a more serious Fifty Shades of Grey. But this like... <laughs> You look at it and like, no, they're both employed at the same place and they're at the same level. This is so far different than completely different. Um, And it's certainly not erotic. I feel like it's one of those things. It starts with a sexual act, which is consensual, but like that doesn't make something erotic. Like American Pie is not erotic. There, There are sex scenes in it. I don't yeah. think that makes it an erotic thriller. That's exactly it. It is, it is a thriller of like workplace, workplace dynamics, sexual dynamics, um, domestic dynamics yeah. yeah just some it's a very interesting thing in that someone can seem very progressive and forward in certain ways but like little things can happen mm-hmm. they just infect your brain and it just mm-hmm. it's that escalation as as this thing gets planted in someone's brain and they just keep going and going and going and going to like super extreme lengths um i really liked it but i feel like i'm a little bit more um like receptive to this kind of content uh because i cover a lot of very things things that are adjacent to this mm-hmm. but i actually i really thought the performances were great between the two leads i do like that you know early on we're following one of them through their daily routine and then later when like the dynamic shifts you have to go through the other person doing that same routine and how miserable they mm-hmm. are in comparison uh, i really like that dynamic it does really get to a there were moments that are almost too tense to watch. Yeah. Like, you get moments that you kind of want to be like, Ugh. I don't even mean the end, which is very hard to watch. I just yeah. mean, like, as it's building, you're just kind of like, oh, yeah. my God, what's going to happen? Oh, no. Oh, it's no. It's definitely a film that pushes on your, like, uh, social discomfort buttons. Yeah. Like, this person shouldn't be doing this around these people. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, it it almost goes too far, and for some people it probably does, but I'm usually overly sensitive to that stuff, and I was like, it just... Just hit it. It started bubbling at one point yeah. and then pulled it back down. It like gets really cool. There's an office scene that I was like, Ugh, and it's then it, too much. it's too much. Yeah. 
I like it a lot, though. I had yeah. a good time with it. You mentioned that there's sort of like a baton toss element in that, like, you see one person's daily routine, and then you see the next person's daily mm-hmm. routine. And I think maybe part of my ultimate letdown with this movie is that, like, the latter half has a little bit less of that than yes, the front half. I, I liked when it, the balance felt a little bit more there, mm-hmm. and I think they, they lose that balance in the second half of the That's film. Fair. It's still, like, a very engaging movie. Yeah. Uh, it's still, like, a very watchable movie with good performances. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's maybe not as... Not as much as I wanted below the surface of the film. And maybe that's also my false expectations after watching it post $20 million sales. Yeah, the second is, biggest sale in the history yeah. of the festival. Yeah. I saw the premiere. Right. So I kind of, not the premiere, the one after the day. Oh, I, no, I no, I didn't. But I was the, the first after? one of this group yeah, there we go. to see it. So we'd already gotten like this initial buzz. And then I was already the person who was going to be the most into it. Yeah. So I just, I, I tried mean, it to... It was one of your antis- most anticipated Yeah, trial. exactly. So I tried to taper expectations for people going into it. But I think just because you guys saw it after all of this build, 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 it could only get you so far. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I really liked it. Like, yeah, it's no past lives, but I, I'm gonna, I'm really excited to revisit it. It's yeah. one I'm gonna talk about. It's gonna so. be watched by probably more people than past lives. Uh, yes, absolutely, it is. But <laughs> well, it that got the Netflix, yeah, it got the Netflix deal so yeah. easily. Uh, but Not one of the reasons I, we feel it got the Netflix deal is because it's also coming from Ryan Johnson, who's yeah. Yeah. with this company. Uh, I think if you want to, if you want to really get like galaxy brained with it, it stars Phoebe Denver, who's one of the yeah. stars of Bridgerton. So yep. it keeps uh, talent in house and, and all, all potential like people watch Bridgerton. Next watch, watch uh, Fair Play. Now we were arguing between these two. I I haven't seen Bridgerton. Right, this is the first yeah, time same, I've ever seen her. Same. Um, but she was skipping in and out of that accent like Zach was saying. <laughs> to me, it's Alden's movie. Yeah. This man great. plays uh, like you were saying a very machismo type of individual. And then the most pathetic dude yeah. you can possibly think of. The yeah. range that this man goes. Because it was the from, good machismo. It was oh. like machismo to the extent of like other guys might be weirded out or creeped out or disgusted by something. But I'm comfortable enough with myself that this is fine. Mm-hmm. And then he you goes know? the other way. And he goes the other way. Because yeah. it's, it, it's a yeah. little thing infects you. And oh. Yeah. He's an annoying character. But at the same time, the whole movie, the way I pitched it was, this is probably one of the most miserable movies that came out of the <laughs> festival. And I still give it four stars. I, I don't know if people want to sit through this and feel as uncomfortable because it feels like you're you're staying with a couple and they're arguing the entire time. Yeah. yeah. But you're at a movie theater. You want to leave. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people will turn it off Ooh. at home or if it being at home is going to give that Malcolm and Marie yeah. thing that people actually just vented to it yeah. and oh, we're yeah. just seeing what's happening on screen. Because I think it's a really good script. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you look back on it, and I know Alina got to see it twice, so she picked up on certain things where... The title of Fair Play really comes into play with the dynamics that they both have going on at work. Without spoiling too much, yeah. I think it's going to spark a lot of discussion. I think there's a reason Ryan Johnson chose it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be the kind of movie that, like, couples will probably watch together and recommend to other couples. <laughs> and, you know. Begrudgingly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone got Fair Play. So, yeah. <laughs> you see what happens? You see what happens? Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a drama uh, out uh, out of Lithuania that won the directing award for World right, Cinema mm-hmm. Dramatic. The film is called Slow, and it is about a relationship between a dancer and a sign language interpreter. I did not get to catch this one, but Amanda and Arturo did. Does it live up to the title? Is it slow, or is it, is it more than that? It is a little slow. It's a little, it's slow. A little slow. It takes its time. It takes its time. It's my favorite out of the world cinematic dramatic competition Nice for me. Um, yeah, I think both performances are really fantastic in this movie. I don't want to spoil specifically what's entailed in their relationship, mm-hmm. but if the trailer spoils it, I think it could be good. Uh, I didn't know that going in yeah. about one of the characters, and it's like 
that's when I got on board because I thought that was a fascinating look at this relationship and what they had going on. Uh, on top of that, like Zach said, she's a dancer, so she's got that form of expression. He's got his form of expression with the yeah. sign language. Uh, and I, I think it's directed beautifully, and I think that's the best way to honor the actors because this director really knew what she was doing with this couple. So I would highly recommend it. Uh, what did you think of it? I really liked it, too. Um, I, I think that's kind of, again, we're not trying to spoil it, but there's just like a topic that is really not discussed in much media. One animated series yeah. that he would know does one, discuss this. Yeah, one animated, it's very minimal, uh, and I think it's good to give it representation so that people can have a better understanding of what it, of what it is. Um, I think they did a good job with it, uh, yeah. and and they did a good job with like the the logistics, like maybe the frustrations from uh, from a lover that doesn't fully understand it, even though they're trying to understand it. Um, yeah, I thought they kind of really nailed that, and it, you kind of end up at the end that like yeah, it's it's okay to have frustrations yeah. with certain things, but you kind of have to be coming honestly with it. But I thought the performances were really strong; they really bounced off each other well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, this is the type of thing that's probably going to resonate with a lot of people on, on different levels, just in like the modern landscape of relationships and stuff yeah. too. So I, yeah, I, I think it was, uh, I think it handled it really well. So this is more of like a marital drama than anything. Like people, no, 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 just, no, it's just two people who found each other yeah. and are learning things about each other, even though they're completely different points in life. So that's why I think you'd really like it. It is slow yeah. because you're building up the relationship. But I think out of the dramatic category, this is one to keep your eyes yeah. on. I, hey, Lithuania, if y'all ain't got nothing else, submit this one. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, it's really like a good. realistic thing. Like if you're going to start talking to someone, it really yeah. focuses in. It's like this is how many conversations okay. they would have before it would get to yep. something being revealed. And like, you know. Yes. So it slow plays their romance? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So I think you'd like it. We mm -hmm. hopefully still have the link for that. We, that's we one do. that I would highly yeah. recommend. Yeah. We'll jump from a film called Slow to a film that definitely was slow, but was very slow. intentionally so, like very, very deliberately in its choices. Uh, Raven Jackson's All Dirt Roads, Taste of Salt, an abstract memory play about the life of Mac, a black woman who grows up in Mississippi, uh, told with minimal dialogue and prolonged shots of intimate moments, particularly with a focus on hands and hands touching mm -hmm. and hands caressing and... Raven Jackson has this kind of like formless debut that's a really ambitious tone poem of sorts. And to, to reveal a little of our behind the scenes, this was one that we watched at the end of a long day. I think this is the, the seventh film that I watched that day. Oh, okay. Put it on a little bit about midnight. Amanda was asleep I before started we started earlier. This I one. did see seven movies that day. I just started earlier. We, we projected it up on this screen right here. Uh, let me, I can go to the master shot for that. Boom. That guy right there. And uh, it was not the ideal circumstances, I think, for watching a film like this, which yeah. is really uh, patient and, and really heartfelt and, and just really meant to be felt more than, like, interpreted and, like, uh, like analyzed as you go. Just sort of to let it wash over you. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to watch it again because I thought it looked beautiful and I thought there were moments that uh, really felt, like, I don't know, like things that I had never quite seen depicted in film, but mm -hmm. if I, I can't really give like an honest full review of this film yet. Yeah, there's another documentary that we're going to be bringing up in that section uh, that also did a really good job at focusing on people's stories more mm -hmm. than their bodies because they do such an extreme close-up on them that you're just seeing, you know, what's almost like a formless figure kind of tell yeah. the story to you. Uh, I know a lot of people went into this movie saying, there's no dialogue. It's a 90-page script with like two pieces. Uh, yes, 
Now that we know that, I think right. that that will be the approach that people will understand what the movie is. Because when you come to a place like Sundance, all you have is a still. Yeah. You don't know what people are going to go into. And I, mm-hmm. I feel that many times uh, people are going into a movie expecting something else and they're they're, re- they're reviewing chicken at a sushi spot. Yes. Uh, yeah. it, yes. And I think once the movie comes out and has its marketing, once people who are able to connect to it, connect to it, then it's able to build um, exactly. to its audience. I thought it was fantastic as a directorial debut. I've seen some of Raven Jackson's shorts on the Criterion channel. There's a bunch that she has on there. Uh, so I kind of knew the pace that this was going to be in. I, I wasn't sure about 1001. That's where I was like, which, one of these is going to be the slower one. Yeah. Um, but the patience that she has for it, I yeah. think is what's going to garner her like a lot of attention because when we were looking at it, it felt like a live moment in a, in a photo. Yeah. It, it feels like this intimate snapshot of something but what if you were in that moment letting it li- breathe, right. live? People wouldn't be talking with each other, right? It's, it's like a, a long embrace of a goodbye. And you feel that. I don't know. I thought, it, I thought she was able to cover that perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a film that is filled with a lot of beauty. And sort of talking, getting back to what you were saying about Sundance, like you really have to try and meet a film you, you have where it is. is. Yeah, yeah. And it's, sometimes it's hard because you know so little about it, right? Like we, I think... At least for me, I went into like Emily the Criminal last year, being like, "Awesome, an Aubrey Plaza comedy," and that's not what that movie <laughs> no, is. But no. like, if you then like accept what the movie is going for, you yeah. might have a really good experience. To... I I don't know if I was ready for what this movie was oh, going for yeah. when we watched it, but I'm it, there's enough there that I'm absolutely going to return yep. to it. It's an A24 release, so yeah. it will be out probably within the next year. Um, looking forward to seeing more uh, from uh, Raven Jackson as well. Great cinematography. <laughs> Insane. All right, let's talk about The Eight Mountains, a film that... Was that a con debut? Yes, it was. Interesting. So this is a movie that tells the story of Pietro and Bruno, two boys with different backgrounds who discover what it means to be true friends as they grow to experience love and loss. Amanda, you caught it months ago. I did. Uh, is it still staying in your mind? Yeah, I, I adore it. Um, I just think it's just this really tender look at life um, and just kind of the way the world shapes people and then like how uh, like certain people can just carve such a deep piece inside you and they stay there forever. And even if they're not around anymore, they're always going to kind of affect different aspects of life and they kind of play a piece in everything you go on to do from that moment on. Um, and this kind of does it from a couple angles. There's the central kind of dynamic between the two boys, but then uh, the main character is more Pietro, and he has this whole thing with his dad. Yep. That there's like this huge thing that like the older he gets, the more he tries to kind of understand where his dad might have been coming from when they didn't have the best relationship. And I just think it's so beautiful. It's mm. in every way. It's shot gorgeously. It just looks so good. And all the like, the performances are fantastic. Um, it is a slower one; it might be too slow for some people. But it's I like just, two hours. Yeah. yeah, and I just really, but I just love being like enveloped into this world. Like the second I walked out, I ordered a book so that it'd be waiting for me when I got home. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it was it's good. I, I like it. I liked it a lot. It really spoke to me. Are right, you caught it here at Sundance? I uh, dude, this guy made one of my favorite foreign films, which oh, really? is the Broken Circle Breakdown. He right. killed it. Uh, and then that. the actress from that also directed a movie this year Ooh. when it melts so we'll be talking uh-huh. about that later but a lot of a lot of good stuff coming from this 2012 movie that i highly nice. recommend that it's probably streaming somewhere on tubi it's free no Tubi's. excuses catch it <laughs> um 
I was highly anticipating this. Amanda hyped it up. I mean, she had gave it a crazy score from Khan. Khan, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, it's almost like a little Luca story. Yeah. Telling in these two boys who are trying to go their different ways as they grow up. But when it comes to cinematography, The Eight Mountains is a title that they wore on their yeah. sleeve. Yeah. Uh, I just said that the other one was the best cinematography, but this is like think, right next yeah. to it. Dude, yeah. they do tracking dolly shots. On mountain cliffs, yeah. like they're just they're skywalking. I don't I don't yeah, know how to put insane. it. Uh, it is a very intimate story. I don't like it as much as Circle Broken, uh, whatever. Broken Circle Breaker. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, but it's still a very solid pick. Uh, it's my second favorite from the spotlight, and I would recommend it. Hopefully, now that it's the new year, mm-hmm. uh, it should be getting a good release. Mm-hmm. Exciting. All right, let's talk a little about a experimental film from the lineup. Bravo, Burkina. Yes, this one is about a it's a fabulous story of a boy who flees his village and migrates to Italy, only to become haunted by memories of home. This one is written and directed, interestingly, by Wale Oyajide. Uh, despite the fact that the film entirely takes place in Africa and Italy and in foreign languages. Uh, Wale is an American filmmaker, although he Im- he immigrated from yeah. Africa. Yes. He spent time yeah. in Dubai growing up. He now lives in Philly, <laughs> uh, but decided to make this his debut film. But it, he's not his first time working in film. He's also the costume designer on yes. Black Panther. Panther, which makes a lot of sense when you look at some of the images from this film. Because so people are decked out. He's got this like red and yellow velvety looking robe on for yeah, most of the film so if you want to zoom in on the poster yeah you can see it it looks so regal in that movie mm. uh I, would, I was showing zach thumbnails and three yeah. of them came from this movie there's over the mask there's a stick where he's just like laying down it's mm. really good compositions yeah wally's clearly got a, a keen visual eye uh and I, i'm you know kind of awestruck by this film which feels like this very slight thing it's only 64 minutes long mm-hmm. love it but it has this really like poetic yeah. feel to it yes in, in that things are kind of a little bit abstract and based on feeling more than on like literal uh definitions of things yeah uh the way that he will he you know goes from a boy to a man and go goes back home there's some like time travel yeah. elements to this too it really does feel like a fable in a film uh, I, I was kind of blown away by this one and I really want to see what else this guy's going to do. Yeah, no, for sure. Easily. Uh, I like how you got to Black Panther. Yeah. The man also has stuff in museums. So it's like, yeah. what's, a, what's yeah. Sundance? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he like did music and then went to be, I think, a lawyer and then was like, you know what, fashion and you know what, make a film. Yeah. yeah. He's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And he has one of the best, uh, what's it called? The, they, they give out these little meet the artists that they do during the festival and his breakdown was just like the most... Like my movie, don't like my movie, this is my story, the truth is out there. Uh, so I would highly recommend that. They're on YouTube, they have different Meet the Artists. The dude is just dripping with absolute style. Uh, so one of the standouts of the fest, I think, is even going to be one of our... Uh, technically, it's a feature film. He's not new, but to the feature film world, he was yeah. an up-and-comer. Uh, For sure. He killed it absolutely. A person to keep an eye on, definitely. Um, let's move back to the U.S. with A Little Prayer, the newest film... From filmmaker Angus McLaughlin, a guy who hasn't made a lot, but the films he has made uh, are somewhat notable. Goodbye to all that. I, um, Abundant acreage available. He's uh, the writer on Junebug, a film that I love from a little while ago that got Amy Adams her first Oscar nomination. Right, right. Little Prayer is a really uh, low-key, interesting drama that uh, follows an older man in the South who begins to suspect that his son has been having an affair <laughs> 
Uh, really strong performance here from David Strathairn, Strathairn in the lead. Um, one of those performances that I feel like, similar to Bill Nye in Living Last Year, yeah. might be like the sleeper awards contender it because yeah. it's so it, it's such a lived-in performance and feels like uh, like a kind of career culm- a culmination of his career work yeah. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a really affecting movie, like a very has sort of like a slow onset but once yeah. you really are enveloped in the drama of this story it's so tender and so mm. emotional uh, what did you guys end up thinking about a little prayer i thought it would be boring <laughs> i didn't i was not i wasn't looking forward to it i thought it was pretty cute yeah 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 uh, i like a lot of the performances especially when he feels all the guilt about like him yeah. having pushed somebody else mm. on and he's worried like maybe uh I did something wrong to yeah. my son that caused him to go down this path. But then the way he tries to like correct exactly, for it, yeah, yeah, almost I, becomes more of a problem. Yeah, and... it was a good back and forth, and then he's mm-hmm. having conversations with other characters, and it's just off of looks. Like, do you know about the? Mm, mm. You do know about this. It's, yeah, it ended up being uh, much better than I expected it. So, uh, a little prayer was low on my list. The best thing I could give it is that it ended up being bumped up yeah. into the top half of our dramatics. There you go. Uh, yeah, liked a little prayer a lot. I'd... I think that's going to be uh, one that we'll be talking about probably like as we start to get into the fall season. Yeah, it seems yeah, like one of good the cast places. with Jane Levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm blanking on who played the the other sister. Uh, Anna Camp. Oh yeah, Anna Camp. that was Anna Camp. Anna yeah. Camp. Pitch Perfect. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cast. Pretty good in it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, let's move on to another drama. This one comes from director Iris Sachs. It's called Passages. It follows a German filmmaker who begins to explore his sexuality with a young woman, which begins to change the definition of his marriage to his husband. A very good cast in this one, led by Franz Rogowski, I yes. believe is how we pronounce mm-hmm. his name, who you may re- recognize from a lot of the great European films of the past few years. As far as I know, this is his first, like, predominantly English-language-speaking role. Yes, so, yeah. I've never heard him speak English before, yeah. so I thought that was fantastic. But he, he's been killing it. Mm-hmm. Like, also, a, a really uh, excellent Ben Wishaw in this film, as yes. well as Adele Exarchopoulos. Yeah. Two, uh, two actors I always like seeing in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a little bit like hit or miss with Iris X. There's some films of his that I've liked and some films of his that have really bothered me. But I found this one to be really beautifully done and, and very like uh, relatable in terms of the, the types of uh, heartache it's trying to get across. Uh, it's also a very funny film in the way that it's lived in. It opens with this really great scene of him trying to direct actors. And mm-hmm. then I think yeah. it just ends up being this kind of like comedy of errors of sort uh, sorts of this guy trying to balance these competing desires and watching them like uh, slip through his fingers in front of him. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really well articulated, really, really well articulated, really dramatic, really funny, very charming film. I liked it a lot. I yeah. wish I was a stand-up. He was. He, he has was. this long take. Ah. That gives it its R rating. But he went all in. He put his back into it. Yeah. I'll, put, I'll say that much. But uh, even Adele. Adele was really good in the film. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen her in that much stuff. Because mm-hmm. there was or, like Blues and Warmest Color and then I feel like she veered off into yeah. a bunch of different things. And she ended up in a lot of Quentin Depew comedies for a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, she did do that. But uh, I thought that they were able to do a really good ensemble uh with this as well and I agree with you I know that Zach's always talking about when we saw this director had a new movie we're like ah it's gonna be a very slow one 
It's actually pretty fast-paced. It is yeah. pretty fast-paced. Yeah, maybe too fast-paced with the, the lifestyle that this man was living. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, good. like, Hannah Montana was wrong. You can't have the best <laughs> You of can't have it. No way. You can't have it. Um, with friends. He yeah, always delivers. The guy's an asshole. Like, it's not <laughs> one of these things where you're like, you feel bad because he's trying to maintain things so hard and it keeps slipping through his fingers. Like, no, he wants everything. He keeps and he's, up. and he's an asshole yeah. for it. He's, he's a dick. Like, there's no way around it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. We've had a couple interesting Sundance movies where the protagonist is kind of like, I don't want to say unlikable, but like clearly in the wrong. Which is good. Yeah. It's yeah. good to have movies like yeah. that. Can, we need, need to have we, yeah, we need to have movies about characters who learn have to learn to get better. Yeah. This one did not care if you ever liked them at any no, point. The no, other one not. started with a QA of the director going, I just really hope you like this movie. <laughs> you can feel it in those characters. Yeah. yeah, this is an actor who's willing to go all in. Um so know that. He is a very unlikable character. Yeah. But yeah. passages. Did this one get picked up by any chance? I think this was like a movie pickup. Ooh, yeah, nice. I so, feel like it's, his last one was also a movie as well. So yeah, it's a good a good planning place for a film like this because I don't know if it's like necessarily the type of film that would be like in the Oscars discussion as mm. much as certain mm. elements are standouts. But it's it'll probably too. Like I'm not gonna yeah. argue with whatever French film comes out in the fall. Yeah, <laughs> it'll probably pick up some like film critic circle or type of things like that. Let's go back to the U.S. dramatic section for Fancy Dance. Ooh. The film from director Erica Tremblay follows Jax, an indigenous woman who uh, is living on a reservation in Oklahoma and is forced to take care of her niece, Roki, after her sister's sudden disappearance. Uh, Amanda, what did you think about Fancy Dance? I really liked it. I think there is kind of a period where it might like lag a bit, but I think it's a really important story to be told on on multiple levels. Where you have this person who's just trying to like maintain a family together, but then you know the state has to get involved. But then they care more about one situation, and they are completely ignoring the fact yep. that the mother has gone missing, which is a very real reality, especially on reservations, both in America and in Canada. It's a huge issue in Canada that they're trying to deal with with uh, missing Indigenous women, and this really hones in on that and and you get several movies this year about that too yeah Yeah, exactly yeah it should be a pattern of movies Mm -hmm. of reality a pattern of movie of of reality this and murder and bighorn yeah are the big ones and uh, i I think it handled that really well and it was really tender in a lot of ways even though there is a a lot of tragedy at the heart of what it is um i think it did a really good job uh, expressing um like their native culture Mm -hmm. and uh the importance of why roki feels so connected to aspects of it and how she wants to live it and then the opposite side trying to come in and think they understand but they really have no idea yeah what it's going for like someone trying to give her ballet shoes be like you can just try a different type of dance and why that would be so insulting mm. to someone saying they want a powwow. Absolutely. But, yeah. Uh, Cookie was with us earlier in the festival, and I mm-hmm. believe they said that this was their favorite, or maybe one so. of the, yeah, their favorites. One of. Uh, when I was talking with them about what they appreciate about it, 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 it has this interesting thing where it kind of shifts form a couple different times, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Par- it's partially this drama about life on the reservation, and it's partially this like true crime investigative thing mm-hmm. where. Uh, Lily Gladstone's character is like out there trying to find answers and trying to sol- solve this. And then it's also this family drama where, yes. l- like you said, there's the, the cultural barrier trying mm-hmm. to be crossed and the navigating of like uh, uh, child protective services. Yes. So there's a lot in this movie. I-, I do agree with what you're saying that there is sort of like a lag in the middle where I think they're they're trying to figure out essentially where to go with these characters. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot, there, there's so much really interesting in it. It's a movie that I think I... I, I love the parts more than I love them as as a whole. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if y'all got to see Little Chief. That was a short that uh, Lily Gladstone was in with the director from okay. a couple years ago. Uh, it, it literally it's just Lily Gladstone talking to a kid 
they're just like sitting down on a green pasture the entire time. And one of the discussions that we had from this movie, I really liked it. I, I, I liked the thriller elements of it. I liked the stories that it was telling. Mm. But it's like, could it just be a movie about the little girl dancing? Or does it have to be a thriller as well? Right. Mm. Now, I don't think it's bad, right? For it no. to be a thriller. But I wonder, like, would a movie of the girl just dancing be enough to be in the U.S. dramatic competition? Um, the Erica Tremblay's also worked on Dark Ones. Reservation Dogs, mm. Yellowbird. Mm-hmm. So with this being her feature, I think there's going to be a lot of lot more movies to come and whatever thing you feel is missing like in the script, I think it's just a couple more before she like homes it in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? So this is the feature yeah. debut, right? I believe yeah. so because so. again, I think it's just been shorts and TV. Alright, so yeah, uh, Fancy Dance, definitely one of the standouts from the US dramatic section. Uh, we'll move on to La Pesera which is the story of a woman who decides to return to her native land of Puerto Rico after learning that her cancer is spreading. Uh, I think you're the only one of us that actually got around to catching this one, the fishbowl, <laughs> as it's translated to yeah. in English. Uh, what did you end up thinking of La Pesera? Uh, really great performance, and it's one where the more that you know about Puerto Rico, the more you understand mm-hmm. how they're connecting this part of the island in particular. Mm. As, like, not necessarily the tumor, like it is in her body, right. but the part that has almost just been cast out, the thing that has almost been ignored, just like she doesn't pay attention to the sickness that she has. It's a really good story where the journey that she's going on is reflective of that of that island. Um, and for that, I think uh, alongside the visuals, I think it's worth catching. I think it's a really good standout um, uh, script, performance, and I don't necessarily know where, what country this would be considered because it is Spanish film. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know where it got its financing. Or but, it's uh, well, it's Puerto Rican, but it's also Spain. So yeah. I, I'm not sure how I would go out. But this is definitely one where I think that for the lead, uh, I'd give her some uh, awards recognition because the way that she's <laughs> able to carry the character. There are some really disgusting scenes in this movie. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get so grotesque to the point that you're like going to throw up. But it's like sequences in where you will figure out <laughs> symptoms that you have in a very disgusting uh, manner. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd recommend this one, uh, La Pesera. I'm keeping it as that. I think a lot of movies should keep that because there was another film from last year, La Pesera, that now has changed their name to yeah. The Bone Woman. And I'm like, if a big part of your movie is sticking to the identity of your country, then I think losing, like you were just saying with Fancy Dance, offering a different shoe that's not meant for the dance, mm-hmm. offering a different name, when the whole point is that the U.S. kind of used... Puerto Rico is it's like just backyard for uh, experiments. Then yeah, I don't think it should be the fishbowl. I think it should remain as its original title. But yeah, good movie. Recommend it. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about Fairyland. This is a film about a young girl that grows up with her single gay dad in San Francisco during the 70s and 80s. Uh, adapted from a memoir of the same name. It's got a pretty good cast with Amelia Jones and Scoot McNary in particular leading the way. Uh, you have Gina Davis and Adam Lambert in some supporting roles as well. I found this one to be a really tender-hearted father-daughter story. And it kind of meanders its way through the history of San Francisco in the 70s and the 80s. But it's got this really excellent pathos-filled performance from Scoot McNary at its center. Where he's just carrying so much emotional weight, particularly as the film goes on. Like there's the, there's a perfect Oscars clip moment with him sitting on a bench with his daughter uh, I thought it was very sweet even if it is a bit on the nose with what it's yeah. trying to tell uh, but the entire last 30 minutes I was holding back tears so it's uh, it's obviously effective at least in that way and I would love to see Scoot McNary 
be in consideration for some of your end awards because yeah. I, I thought he was so so affecting in Fairyland. I agree with Amanda on the on this take. Yeah, you had said the moment that you had seen it, you couldn't wait to read the book to yeah. really feel the feel emotions the emotion. of yeah. what the story is supposed to be. Yeah, because I, I don't know if it fully managed to to capture what I'm sure is like a very intimate kind of like recounting of this person's life and yeah. the multiple levels that it engages with because it's both like how her father exists in this world as who he is and trying to be his authentic self, but then not always being the best dad about yeah. it. And then her trying to like respect that aspect of him and then eventually hitting walls with it being like, you know, you know, you're not there for me as a father yeah. and all this other stuff. But uh, I just feel like it didn't quite, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad movie. I just feel like I- I've seen better like biopic memoir yeah. type things. So I, but I'm sure that it's actually an amazing read. Yeah. yeah it's certainly not the, the most unique or standout, uh, you know, drama about life in the 80s or mm-hmm. 70s and 80s uh, in the gay community. Like, it, it's been a subject that's been covered in other, in other areas. It is interesting to see it from the single dad of a young daughter perspective. I did like a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. of the young daughter navigating the, like, hippie druggy scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's something that probably will resonate a lot more if you actually can de- delve into the book and really get the full, full story of it. Yeah, sure. um, but, yeah, I mean, I, those performances might keep it in the discussion at, at the very least. How is it experimental? I was sometimes likes to label things certain ways. Yeah. They, they did use a little bit of real world footage, but not enough to be not, like a next enough. category. Yeah, 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 I wasn't there. Sometimes but. they just have to put things places. Yeah, so. I guess. But, but they don't have to add that they to don't the have genre. To add the tag, yeah. Yeah. Premiere. It wasn't that experimental, but hey, it's produced by Sofia Coppola, so yeah. chances are that it's yeah. going to get a really good release. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was effective. But let's talk about another film that was pretty effective, Cassandro, uh, which stars Gael Garcia Bernal. Uh, it tells the story of a gay amateur wrestler from El Paso who creates the exotico character, Cassandro, and becomes the Liberace of Lucha Libre. Art, I think this was one of your most anticipated. I mean, it's got that uh, really iconic, I guess you could even say, a picture of Gael Garcia Bernal in the Cassandra getup and it catches your eye out of all the like thumbnail images we got from Sundance. You know, at least to an extent, what you're in for in a movie like this. What did you respond to in Cassandra? Pretty strong. Yeah, he's pretty good in it. Uh, Cassandro is, like you said, this really big wrestler who obviously would have a massive biopic to tell if you're going to go through all the little nuances. Mm-hmm. This is kind of split between the director's story of what he went through with his family and then the story of Cassandro coming into his own to become a wrestler. So it's not the full story of Cassandro for Cassandro, but one day we'll learn about Cassandro. Uh, guy, for the character he was playing in the movie, I thought he killed it. He killed it. Uh, he was so, so energetic in the movie, the way he's able to go yeah. uh, from like just being completely embarrassed on the ring to then really owning up um, who he is. His relationship with his mom, oh the back God. and forth that they had. Yeah. It was, yeah. I thought that was done very well. Uh, and then you had a bunch of little cameos, I would say. You had supporting roles from uh, Raul Castillo, who I really liked. Yeah. Bad Bunny. Bad, Bad Bunny, Bunny. Bunny was not at the premiere, which is the main reason we were excited for it. <laughs> um, but Gael was there, Cassandra was there, director was there. Bad Bunny <laughs> showed up in this movie. I'm not going to lie. I know they're trying to make him a star, <laughs> right? They're trying to make him a movie star. He's going to be in Blue Beetle. This is the best he's been yeah. in a movie. It's it's short. It's very short. But people get what they want. But it it it's, I think, the best version of leading him into an acting performance as opposed to what they did with poor Harry Styles and trying to put him into like the biggest <laughs> thing possible. Um, so yeah, overall I thought it worked. I also really liked the score. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a very no, good it score. Really repetitive. Good. It is repetitive, mm-hmm. but that was a really cool score. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? 
Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, you did see it. No, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was like a, a great like like a spectacle of like how he's such a spectacle. Yes, yeah. And he is always a spectacle and refuses to not be. At the uh, show, when things were happening on screen, he was watching the movie with us, the real Cassandra. He just kept going, "Yes." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was great. So yeah. good. No, it was so fun. And then like the the theatrics, even when people are booing and he, that he's into that and knows what he's getting into. The fact that he's very adamant. It's like, no, I'm not going to have them. I'm not going to do a mask. I don't yeah. want a mask. I want, you know, my face, you yeah, know? Well. So good. And I, I kind of learned a new thing. It's uh, the whole, uh, the idea of the exotico. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting in the way that it also depicts the way that on stage or like. Uh, in the ring and out outside the ring, dramas can bleed over into yes. each other. And also, the places where they're different in that there'll be this uh, fight, fierce match, and then outside they're like great friends yeah. or supporters of each other. Yeah. Um, so that all those dynamics are really good. Uh, the, the wrestling felt a little bit like right it's, stage combat. It's like stage, but then you remember it's, it is it kind of what it is. So yeah. I couldn't tell whether or not they were like Dude. doing it authentically. The Spanish also they do like eighty percent of the movie in Spanish, which yeah. is great. But yeah. there are two moments where he's either speaking to his like friend. And yeah. there's no reason that anyone who speaks Spanish naturally would be, like... Speaking English. Speaking English. <laughs> that when happens a lot. You know? Yeah. Um, but it almost kind of leveled out because there were, you know, a lot of it was in Spanish. Uh, when she's he's talking to, I want to say her name's Andrea. Like the coach person? Uh, the coach yeah. person, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at her name, but she was in uh, the series on... The baseball series on Amazon Prime. Oh, League of Their Own. Oh, League, League of Their Own. own. Yes, she was yeah. really good in there. I'm blanking on her name. She was fantastic in there. I thought she was a really good supporting role yeah. for yeah, him here. Was, yeah. uh, and the movie, speaking of, is going to Amazon Prime too. Yep. So people will be able to see it soon. This is going to be the, one of those ones that for sure will have a release date mm-hmm. sometime. Hopefully not too long in the future, although we haven't confirmed it. Uh, I forgot to mention this back when we were talking about 1001. That one's out March 31st. There's a couple of these Sundays. 1001? Oh, yeah, we do know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus features on that one. Yeah. So there's a lot a of these Sundance movies that might be Wait till you hear when Infinity Pool came out. <laughs> Same weekend. <laughs> uh, but no, Cassandra, it's, it's decent. It's, it didn't reach the levels that I wanted it to be, to mm. be like this really good, you know, end of the year movie. But I still, uh, I'm rooting for Gael. I like him. Yeah. It's going to be a tough battle since we're in January yeah. to the end of the year. It's going to be one of those yeah. movies that when people are talking about who should be nominated for Best Actor, there will be people on Twitter who are like, what about Gael? Yeah. And like, yeah, they might be wrong. They won't but, be wrong. Exactly. He, he won't get it. He, he won't get, get it. it. But we'll see. No. Uh, let's talk a little bit about To Live and Die and Live. This is directed by Kasim Basir, and it's about a filmmaker mm-hmm. who returns home to Detroit to bury his stepfather and settle outstanding debts, but repairing family wounds brings up Muhammad's own struggles with depression and addiction. Art, you were saying this one reminded you of a Malcolm and Marie where the guy actually has some things to Something actually complain to say, about? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the director had previously made another Sundance movie, which you know, knowing that style in that film, I knew what he was gonna mm-hmm. what he was gonna go through here. A lot of walking, a lot of very sporadic editing. So mm. it's like if, if there's a recording between the two of us, it, the continuity doesn't matter. It's whatever the best take of you was. Right. Okay. Um, but it, he's wearing it on his sleeve as a guy who went to LA and mm-hmm. decided to come back to Detroit to take care of his family, who realizes that in LA there's a lot of things they don't tell you. But it's this idea of this dude venting because it's like he still hasn't been told how bad it is. He's just like sick. And the way that it's able to show addiction, one in Detroit, which I thought, you know, when you think of addiction is in, in Detroit, even Barbarian has a bit where it yeah. plays off of the stereotype yeah. of what happens there. Yeah, he's a rich person. He comes from Hollywood, yet he is killing himself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't realize the sickness that he has. And then they, what, the way that they um, juxtapose that 
with the other character who's in this movie, um, the character of Asia, played by Sky P. Marshall, who I thought was a standout yeah. in terms of a supporting performance. She has an illness, and the way that they reflect both his yeah. sickness and hers, I thought was beautiful. Does it get a little melodramatic at times? Yes, there is yeah. a point. That's why I said Malcolm Marie, where the guy's <laughs> just going, family, I need to keep us together. Yeah. It's on my shoulders, damn near. <laughs> but it's like you feel him being as cringy, authentic mm-hmm. as possible right. in the best way. Okay. Um, I, I like it better than his previous film, and yeah, I'd, I'd give it a rewatch. This did remind me a little bit of another film that we're going to talk about in our next video uh, that deals with interpersonal family dramas and that like maybe they're a little bit too repetitive in terms of the things that they're after Mm. that like there are scenes that are really good and then they'll repeat the ideas of those scenes again in less effective ways or tell it to you when it's like now we were feeling it yeah exactly and there are moments here that i thought were really really outstanding yeah i don't know if it all sort of cohered for me Mm -hmm. but it, it I, I did find a lot of it to be really striking. There, there's a couple scenes in particular that are, are tense and dramatic, and I don't feel like I've seen that perspective. Yeah. Um, so it, it's an interesting film and definitely a filmmaker to watch out for, if, even if this isn't necessarily going to be like the movie that kind of breaks him through. All right. But some people will resonate with it. There was one reading or one way that they put it on probably IMDb. The Muhammad struggles and depression and addiction may finish him before he finishes his <laughs> Yeah, class. yeah. That's, that's what hooked oh, me with no. it. But a really good title. So yeah. hopefully this gets picked up. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about one of the films that was an audience award winner in the World Cinema Dramatic I saw the premiere. category. Yeah, I was at the premiere of this one, Shada. It's a film about a young Iranian mother who lives in Australia and finds refuge for her and her six-year-old daughter in a women's shelter after her her ex-husband begins to abuse her. Mm. Uh, this is a really authentically told story. It feels very lived in. Like, the larger beats about a woman escaping from an abusive relationship, they feel familiar. We've seen films like them. But this is Noura Nassari, the director, making her feature debut, telling her own mother's story. And her mother was at the Q&A. Not only her mother, the Australian social worker was also at the Q&A. The dad wasn't at the Q&A. <laughs> no, the dad was not at the Q&A for, for reasons that are clear when you watch the film. But, you know, there's like a, there's an authenticity, the authenticity and a specificity to the experience that you would not have seen before. And I think those are the areas where it really excelled, particularly showing like the experience of a young child inside the women's shelter and all the things that this mother has to do mm. to try and give her child somewhat of a normal, tolerable existence amidst these awful circumstances. Mm. And and that's to me where the film really excelled. I thought it was very emotional. Like it's going to leave a lump in your throat. And it's also the excellent performance at the center of it from uh, Zara Mir Ebrahimi, who audiences might be familiar with from her excellent work in Holy Spider yes. as well. I gotta get oh that on my God. radar. Yeah. That's, uh, a hard, that's a hard watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, an actress who I haven't seen a lot of her work, but I, I've heard that she's got a great reputation now after seeing her twice. Like, absolutely, I need to see more stuff from her. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Shada, I think, you know, it's it's a particular type of story, but if you think that it's a material you might respond to, I think it's extremely well told. Kate Blanchett produced, so yeah. hopefully it gets a big release. We love Tar. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tar. <laughs> uh, let's go from the audience award winner to the u.s dramatic special jury award winner oh. for acting hmm. this one goes to leo mahil the star of mutt 
a film directed by uh, Vuk Lungolov Pjolts. Pjolts, is it actually? Mm-hmm. Uh, I the eye for an, or the L for an eye. Uh, Mutt, oh, where'd it go? It, yeah, it was moving around. I, I hit something. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Mutt follows a trans man who has recently transitioned, dealing with three people from his past over the course of a hectic day in New York City. Uh, one of those all happens within 24 hours yep. movies that, that you get the sense of like the escalating tension and frustration and it feels very ground level. You know, it's uh, uh, Leo Mahel's character is, is Fenya uh, is like uh, at, at his end, little in his pockets, uh, less in his pockets as the film goes yeah. along and just trying to scrape by. But there's like an authenticity with how the story is told and, and also like an un- uh, an unmelodramaticness too, because I don't know if I've quite if I've seen a story like this from the perspective of a trans man that kind mm-hmm. of doesn't make a gigantic deal of his being a trans man. It's part obviously part of the experience and also mm-hmm. part of the experience to in relating to the people around him since uh, his transition was somewhat recently. Yeah, but it, it's not like sensationalistic. I thought it was just very lived in. Yeah, especially because yeah. a lot of the relationships, it's a reintroduction. Yeah. yeah. That was like fascinating to to see that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I, I it kind of for me breached into the area where I was like, that's almost too chaotic for me to be, <laughs> to enjoy it. I found myself being like, oh, I'm gonna focus on something else right, right else for a second. Yeah. Um, but I did think it was really interesting. I think it, it looked at a lot of different interesting issues that um, often get brought up in relation to a lot of different trans people. Um, but again, we don't see a lot of content from trans men. Uh, so that was really interesting and I enjoyed, but the whole idea of like, if you just wanted to date men, why wouldn't you have just stayed a woman? Like, what are you doing? Is it, and it's, it's really important to yeah. just distinguish the fact that like gender is not sexuality. They're right. detached entirely. Yes. I don't think people always realize that. The people around him don't necessarily have all the right language or, or know how to deal with the, mm-hmm. Uh, changing circumstances and that he sort of navigates them through it in a way that is also loving. There's mm-hmm. not, it's not just about, we don't understand each other. We're trying to, that, and we don't, we were maybe not there yet. There's exasperation yeah. as you can expect, but he never gives up, yes. it, you know, and he won't baby people that shouldn't be being babied if it's a conversation that's happened multiple times, but he is willing to, to work through with the people that he cares about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a, a very lived-in story, and uh, again, really well acted. Mm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. recommend book shorts. They're all on Vimeo. Ooh. Uh, Welcome back, Lenny and Riverport. Pretty, pretty solid okay. shorts. Cool. All right, not as chaotic. Not as chaotic, but they're not as chaotic. That's what I mean. It, it hits points, and I just that was that was really <laughs> surprised. Yeah, they were very loving, yeah. you know, right. stories, and then mud. Nice. <laughs> Let's move over to Drift, a film about Jacqueline, a young Liberian refugee who struggles to cope with her past while living penniless on a Greek island. This film stars Cynthia Erivo as Jacqueline, and she really carries the load for this film that I think left the character story a bit too ambiguous for me. I really enjoyed the dynamic between her kind of jittery, traumatized performance and Alia Shawkat, who also is in this film, who brings a really calm presence. They're really interesting opposite each other, but I felt like it could have gone deeper into their dynamic deeper into her past and, and had the film not been so withholding maybe I would have uh, appreciated it a little more I still think it's an excellent excellent performance in, from Cynthia Revo and, and she, just how how she navigates her own trauma 
and how she's able to depict that makes the film very watchable. Yeah. Have you seen any of the director's previous stuff, Anthony Chan? No, so he had been in Sundance with some uh, with some of his other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ilo Ilo, mm-hmm. I think was the last film. And he's also had Wet Season. Uh, those are two movies that have been on my radar for a minute. Yeah. So I already knew that he was going to be a little bit slow mm-hmm. on that end. Um, I think this is his first American film, though. Mm-hmm. Not, or not American, but English language yeah. film, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's based off of a book. So maybe the book has a little bit more in-depth into what you're looking for, but... Uh, that's just pretty solid. There's obviously the, the big moment. Uh, I'm not sure if there's still of it yet, but it happens in, in a room with Aaliyah as she's venting about everything. Um, and to me, Cynthia's was a standout performer in everything she's in. Even if the story may not be as uh, impacting, uh, she's always able to do a good job in it. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the... Uh, oh, let's talk about Girl. Uh, which is described as a love story between 24-year-old Grace and her 11-year-old daughter, Ama. I believe this one is set in the UK. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you think about it, Art? Uh, this was a selection out of the world cinema dramatic in where you have someone who is pretty young taking care of somebody else who's also pretty young. Yeah. So who's the title character? And I thought that was beautiful. Um, it's two coming-of-age stories happening at the same time and uh, just... The miscommunication, as we were saying for other movies, where you have two people wanting what's best for each other, but they don't read that as mm-hmm. love. They read it as animosity or who knows what, you know, holding you back. Um, but the it, it, it's a beautiful story and where the more you follow along with them and you see the, the tug and pull that they have, uh, the closer you get to them. I think it was really good production design as well. And a great soundtrack. If I'm not mistaken, this is the one that had the catch-up song. <laughs> I, said, hey, hey, hey. I don't know how they cleared that but shout out to them um, again really beautiful cinematography as well and uh, I believe this is also based off something else I may be mistaken mm. but uh, I believe it is a directorial debut for the director as well um, so I'm looking forward to see what they have next because I thought it, I thought it was a really good script good performances um, but as you know, the actors and the directors uh, continue to work on more stuff I, I can see them making some bigger hits in the future excellent all right, let's talk about The Accidental Getaway Driver, which won the U.S. Dramatic Directing Award. Went to Sing J. Lee, the director of this film. It's about an elderly Vietnamese cab driver who gets taken hostage at gunpoint during a routine pickup by three recently escaped Orange County hands. convicts. Uh, I personally maybe had my expectations set in the wrong place, given that the title of the film is The Accidental Getaway Driver. I expected maybe a little more getaway driving it's one hour of that and then it's a drama so now you know yeah but yeah it was we went into it with different i personally i felt like the film started in a really interesting place and then kind of ground to a halt they get stuck sort of in a motel for a lot of this film Mm -hmm. and then it becomes this sort of interpersonal drama where they're learning about each other and their past and all these uh, elements coming in i never really felt like i connected to that part of the story okay um so to me it was kind of like one half of something I was with and one half where I was kind of waiting for mm-hmm. them to get on yeah. with it. Well, that's one of the reasons I want to revisit it because mm. of, I wasn't ready for that second half to just be a huge yeah. just halt. Uh, there are other movies too. Uh, I don't know if we'll cover it here. It's probably a horror movie. Some world dramatic film where you're like, yo, this is going to be crazy. Crazy revenge movie and then it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I didn't get what I wanted. But did we get something? That I, was I paying attention yeah. to what you were trying yeah. to tell me? Um, it, it's a really good performance from the lead. Oh, I, yeah. Besides the direction, which I, I had 
better ones for directing. Yeah. But the production design, as you said, being in a hotel, yeah. being in the car, like they do a lot with it. There was one point where I looked up and I said, where is this taking place again? Right. Yeah. Like, no, it's LA, but they make it look so foggy. Yeah. Grimy. It's, it's one of those interesting things where it's mostly in a foreign language, despite mm. being in America. Yeah. But that's, that's sick. Yeah. And it's, it's real yeah. too. It's pretty it's dope. Very yeah. Real. It, it said it was based off of a true story too. Now that I'm, I'm going back to it, it said based off real events. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I hope everyone's all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something there. I, I wasn't responding to that one as much, but uh, movies for everybody at Sundance, right? That's true. Yeah. Let's move on to The Starling Girl. This is a film about a teenager who begins a relationship with a married youth pastor. Amanda, I know you caught this one. What did you think about it? I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't think it got quite as intense as I was kind of expecting it to based on the title and then it is one of those things that it starts going in a really satisfying direction after being very frustrating and then I think it mostly ends a little bit frustrating mm. you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean yeah 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 because it's like you're almost there you're all okay you're, you we made this yeah, 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 yeah you had it and it had some really nice moments basically general premise you know this girl um you know young person she's at it's a very fundamental church it's like the kind of place that's like they have a dance troupe and someone's like oh there's gonna be too much drumming in that very religious song for the mm-hmm. elders they're not gonna like that just to give you the idea but she kind of becomes enamored with the pastor's son who's been working at the church um kind of doing the gardening mm-hmm. um but then they're trying to set her up with the younger brother as like the courtship to go in so there's this very interesting dynamic Uh, And it kind of turns into this thing where this older guy likes the attention that this young girl is giving him and Mm -hmm. how it makes him feel. Um, And it kind of goes about as well as you can imagine from that point on. Uh, And it kind of does address a lot of interesting things about how uh, people are treated differently. You know, women in churches versus men Mm -hmm. in churches and like the responsibility of women versus a man. Is that really kind of like, because I think we've seen films about like age gap uh, relationships and like predatorial relationships Mm -hmm. but there is sort of that aspect to like the church and the the church the religious religious community that's sort of where it's unique remember power lines from last year yeah yeah yeah. power lines is a little bit of christianity's criminal right yeah Yeah. because very specifically who ends up getting blamed Mm -hmm. type thing and where it's solid eliza scalen's good in it Uh, i like the director she's done a couple of shorts and this is kind of like the feature length version of those shorts as well Mm -hmm. um i thought it was a bit long it was a little bit long, and it's not to, to bash it in any way, but it's like a story we've, like you said, it's a story we've seen before where you're like, oh, this is the, le- yeah, this is the lesson she should have learned. Yeah. And- <laughs> While watching this film, at any point, did you see Jimmy Simpson and not think, that's Jimmy Simpson? No, the no, entire time I'm him. thinking it's just Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, no, my But she's like pretending it's his dad or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> see, I, he's uh, in this movie that I love called Debs. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I see him, I'm like, it's that guy! Yeah, I'm going to check that out. McBoyle! It's McBoyle. <laughs> uh, the music was also supposed to be done by the lead singer of Lord Hira, if y'all are fans of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. they worked on the music in some capacity, but they are not credited yet. That was just in the press notes. So yeah, I feel like that didn't really stand out. It did not stand out. Jimmy's song stood yeah. out more than that. <laughs> if, if, so, if it interests somebody, uh, yeah. there is that as well. Yeah. All right, we got one last film that we want to get into in the dramatic section. Let's talk about Eileen, the (laughs) the story of an unhappy young woman who works at a prison in the 1960s when she becomes infatuated with her new co-worker that pulls her into a crime. I felt like the, the pitch going around for this movie that it's like Anne Hathaway's Carol. I don't yes, know if that's exactly what it lived up to. No, no. 
Hell no. <laughs> no. There was movies that we've been talking about at Sundance that have a crazy last act turn. This one is the craziest. This is the craziest. This is the craziest. It goes into it. I've never seen something change from like this like tender coming of age almost rom com to just polar opposite. Like yeah. it's so insane. And then the ending is even more abrupt. Yeah. Now the main premise is you have an actor who I personally like. I know we're just kind of split in this household, but Thomas and Mackenzie finally looks like an adult. Uh, I'm not bashing anybody. Kay. Thomas and Mackenzie finally actually looks like an adult here. And she <laughs> actually brings something to the table where it's the most awkward. She's weird. So awkward. She's over sexual. She doesn't really know what she wants. But we've had a couple of movies where you're internally following these female characters mm-hmm. trying to have a longing for, you know, a touch or just attention yes. in some way. It's uncomfortable, but the first half was solid. Yeah. It was getting into something. And then it gets into something else. And then it gets into something else. Something and that's else. that's the best I could put to I it. I picked up the book. I was like, this is, I got to see if, if Otessa's doing something else here that we're missing. Or if for it's those who don't like way. Thomas and Mackenzie... That Boston accent was trash. It's bad. I, it's bad. I, you get yeah. It's I'm the just most trying to she, defend my girl. No, she slips oh, in. You'll you'll catch bad. some some New Zealand in there. She'll say certain words yeah. and it's. Like, it was winter though. It was black ice on the floor. You know, sometimes you slip in your accent. Yeah. Out. No, uh, it's a it's a weird one. Uh, it's certainly not my favorite Thomas and Mackenzie performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, it's, she's got, they, she's gonna get, she needs a trilogy now of Thomas and Mackenzie obsessing over a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> now we need, need one of those. Shea Wing as her dad, I thought did a pretty yes. decent yeah, job. Yeah, that was he really was good. good. Um, yeah. That's a big part in the, in the book. And just shout out Owen Teague because of, I've now memorized his name because he's mm-hmm. in another movie that we'll be talking about. Yep. Where he was a standout character. So yep. good for him being in a, in a double up over here. Absolutely. But. Yeah. Eileen, Eileen was one of my most anticipated and I don't think it yeah. lived up to what I was Honestly? It's... Yeah, yeah. 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 And I still didn't hate it. We were let down that we just got let down. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it's... And you saw bad behavior. But I wasn't as anticipated for bad behavior. I was really... I'm like, can you tell you're going to give me Thomas and Mackenzie and and, and Anne Hathaway? And and you're going to tell me that there's gay undertones? Like, of course I'm excited. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just... I was wondering why bad behavior wasn't on this list. So I scrolled to where it is in genre... And it's described yes. as action, yes. yes, thriller. Now it's one of the few movies I missed that y'all caught. And when I said, "Should I drop the twenty on this?" Y'all collectively said, "No." no. And that's the one thing I think everyone agreed upon. But yeah, it is. It is a mixture. When I asked Alina, I'm like, "Which one is it?" She said she still couldn't tell me. <laughs> y'all were telling me there were sequences in this movie I never thought were supposed to be in this movie. I don't know, it's like whiny lady like, movies. I don't, yeah. Well, I'll catch it one day. We'll get to bad behavior <laughs> in the next video, I <laughs> guess, for some reason. That's the last full review we got in our drama section. I don't know if we want to quickly just yeah. mention, like, we, we didn't fully get around to Radical. I, I did. Uh, you, oh, you saw I watched it? all of Radical. So what did you think about Radical? I liked Radical quite a bit. I don't think it's yeah. doing anything particularly special. It is based off a real story. It's going to give you notes of, like, freedom writers. Yeah. Uh, it is, like, it's, you know... It's Eugenio Derbez playing a teacher in Mexico in, like, a, a corrupt, violent area. Yeah. Area yeah, of Mexico where he inspires the kids with kids. radical teaching methods. Yeah, which title. is just letting them teach things they're learn things that they're interested in versus like test t- teaching yeah. teaching for the test. This yeah. one did win the festival favorite award. It so nice. it's, it's an audience it. hit. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is really nice. It's yeah. like it's a good solid story. It's heartwarming. Um, I do. I started looking into it because it's a real story, and mm-hmm. like there's one kid in that movie that I feel like they have set up for failure because I don't think I've seen anything <laughs> recently. But it was like something with like the next Steve Jobs. And I'm like, you can't do that to a kid. Yeah. You cannot do that to a kid. <laughs> I, I think we all kind of 
we're, we're hesitant to like jump on this one because it does feel like a film that we've seen a thousand times before. It feels like it's going to come out in March. But you yeah. know what? Uh, the thing about those thousand films like it we've seen before, they're all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and it was. It was. Yeah. That's when you told me, you're like, it's like Freedom Riders, and I'm like, Damn, is that good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm watching that while they're watching uh, Mary and Paul. So yeah, yeah like, much okay. better experience. Yeah, we struggled into it, so yeah. you know, we might interject ourselves here if we see it, but no, that was pretty good. Yeah. There was another one we, I got to see halfway through. Uh, I think we may have a link for it because they were really cool about it. Yeah. And, I, and I pitched it to them as being like, do you know the parable of the... And uh, then I instantly, you didn't even have to finish yeah, it. <laughs> and I'll just leave it there, but this is the movie we were talking about that comes from the actress. Who was, was in Broken it? Circle Breakdown. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Verily Baytons, Burtons. The one I saw has been decent, but yeah. again, gotta finish it because these Sundance movies, that last mm. act can take you different yeah, places. It also is the World Cinema Dramatic Special Jury Award winner for oh. Best Performance. For who? Yeah, I don't know. I think the girl. <laughs> Somebody there. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right, gotta check that out. Yeah, because uh, it does do it in, in different timelines. She's young okay. and then she's older, okay, so I'm curious cool. about yeah. that. We have Young, Wild, and Free as well, which is about a high school senior whose life gets turned upside down after he's robbed at gunpoint by the girl of his dreams. Amanda, you caught that one too. I did. Uh, that one is, uh, it's got so much potential. It's just one of those ones mm-hmm. that there's a lot of ideas, they don't come together well, and it's like, it's uh, it does a thing that you're like, well, that actually makes no sense in context of what we watched today. You've actually, you kind of <laughs> failed at your premise of what you're going for because you've had something happen so many times that there is no way that what, hap- what you're telling me happened could have happened. Um, but it does have a lot of, you know, it's it's a, it's a young boy struggling. His mom has some mental health issues. He's trying to, like, hold it together to keep his siblings, uh, you know, fed and not lose the house. So it, it is really interesting, a lot of areas. But then it, like, swings for a fence and you're... It doesn't. I don't think it goes as well as the they thought it was going to when and when making the film. But yeah, so Algie Smith is good. I like him, and yeah. I'm rooting for Sierra Capri from mm-hmm. on my block. But I I have Young Wild and Free on my on my radar yeah. too. Uh, and one 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 other one that maybe we'll just throw in a mention of, even though none of us saw it. Uh, is Earth Mama. This was one of the films that got added a little bit later mm-hmm. in the fest, and they didn't add any digital screenings of it, so it was a little harder for us to fit it into our schedules. Yeah. Uh, but this one is an A24 film already, Thanks. so there's a lot of people. That's all you need. That's yeah. admission to the door. Uh, I, the people who I know who saw this one pretty much liked it. Cool. Uh, it wasn't one of the standouts for, for most people, but the story of a young mother with two children in foster care, like people responded to it, thought nice. it was emotional, thought it was good. So cool. uh, we'll keep that one on our radar as well. But yeah, the, I mean, that is most of the drama films yes, sir. that played at this year's Sundance Film Festival, Sundance 2023. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot here that we outright disliked. True. Yeah, yeah. Some that was a little like off, but Dude, like... even Eileen, I'm like, I'll watch it again. What's your score on Eileen? What's your score on Eileen? Three, maybe a three Come and a half. Come on, like, dude, a three? Like, we were not going... We're it's not, not that. that yeah, it's... And honestly, it's like, it's so campy that it's kind of funny in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, so, like, we messed up because scene? we weren't playing a drinking game going <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah, I saw the premiere, and I would have, I would have been, <laughs> I would have been going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll be back with more of our Sundance 2023 recap, and maybe some some games or something later in this <laughs> recap. But we're gonna get into the genre movies next, with the, which I think has most of the films that people are really excited for, and that people should be really excited yeah. mm-hmm. for. So we'll be back on the next edition of the Intercut Podcast. Stay tuned and. Until next time, who's got an infinity pool quote? I, we don't have quotes from these movies. I could say, like, maybe this is a past life. That's that's probably my quote oh my of this God, section. That's so good. Oh, all right, we'll be yeah. back. <laughs> Work on your deltoids. Yeah. Work on your deltoids. Until next time. <laughs>